And welcome to Reliving My Youth, the show where we look back at pop culture from the 70s, 80s, and 90s. My name is Noel Fogelman. All right, so we're going to try something a little bit different on this show. This is our first top five list. I've tried to avoid lists on, on this show, but... About a month ago, uh, a very interesting cover of beloved 80s song, Africa by Toto, came out by Weezer, and it caused such a rate. I mean, it's, they were on Jimmy Kimmel, they performed everywhere. So it got me thinking, what are some other good 80s cover songs? So I figured, who else can I have on the show but the host of my favorite podcast, The Hustle, John mm-hmm. Lamoureux. John, thanks so much for joining us. Thank you, Noel. Thank you very much. And I appreciate your podcast, too. That means a lot that you say that. Oh, I appreciate it, too. Um, a little bit of John's um, show called The Hustle. It's about music and money. Uh, John and I had pretty much the similar <laughs> musical taste. It's amazing. Because when I started putting the show on the air and researching guests and getting guests, I would kind of search the internet afterwards to see who else had my guests. And sure enough, John did. So, and it was amazing. Like you had Bill Wadhams from Animotion. I had mm-hmm. Bill Wadhams, and a lot of the same ones. Like Mike Leno, were both huge level forty two yes. ones. I love your episode. I mean, it could have been four hours. I, I know it was like almost two hours. It might have been a little bit too. Just hours. about. It was. Yeah. Great. It was so great. If level forty two fans listened to that. It was unbelievable. But how did you come up with your idea of your show, The Hustle? Well, for years, I just became obsessively curious with learning how people pay their bills over the long haul. If you had one hit or, you know, in like 1983, how do you make it work today? How do you pay the electricity? How do you buy your groceries today? And because I think uh, in a lot of, a lot of ways you'll, when you see people on like, where are they now shows and stuff, I feel like they're trying, they're almost always promoting something, which is fine. I want them to promote something, but my thought is always, well, what did you do between 1983 and this thing that you're promoting now? What did, what have you been doing all this time? And so I tried to create a space where I could honor these artists in a way that hopefully they don't get honored very often by trying to go deep on not just their hit or their one album, but I mean, I truly care about these people. So I want to I want them to know that. And I want them to know that I'm invested in what they're doing creatively and what they've, you know, the music they've put out there. But then also get a sense of, you know, how you do it. How do you live your life? Can you afford, you know, what kind of lifestyle do you lead? Uh, that sounds kind of nosy, but I just think it's really interesting for people to understand the business side of the music business. We see people, we see rock stars on MTV and we just assume they're living the high life. And a lot of them are. But not all of them are. And a lot of them did it briefly and then went back to being usual working stiffs like you and me. And what's that transition like? You know, so I just I thought I didn't hear another podcast out there doing this. So I thought, well, I'll start it. And I got really lucky because people have agreed to talk to me for three and a half years now. Yeah, it's and you do such a good job getting these uh, musicians to open up to you and really sharing their like innermost thoughts and like a lot of a lot of the stuff it's like really really personal but you somehow find a really really humane way to get it out of them I, that's my hope i mean i I'm, I'm lucky in the sense that i really only reach out to people i like and right, so yeah. um you know i i am a fan i'm coming at this from a fan first and i want to honor them 
And uh, they may, you know, I'm imagining some guy sitting back there and be like, you know, I, I don't feel maybe they don't appreciate me. Maybe I didn't have the career that I wanted. Maybe, you know, life didn't give me what I thought it would when I sang in front of 20,000 people back in the 80s or the 70s. And I'm, you know, working a regular job today. But I want them to know that I care. You know, I was paying attention and I'm invested in you. So, um, you know, it's worked out so far. Yeah. And like you do such a good job about like you had Tony Lewis on recently and I, I love the outfield, but I really haven't listened to them in quite some time. You know, obviously your love and voices of Babylon and, you know, some other things, mm-hmm. but you, you got, you got uh, me to listen to, you know, his new album coming out, but just going back even a couple of years and listening to the outfield. And I was at the Yankee game a couple of days ago. And one of the players that walk up song is your love. And I try to do that too. try to get uh, any artists like, we had both had Bill Wadhams on and from Out of mm-hmm. Ocean, and recently they released a new album, Raise Your Expectations. Mm-hmm. So I try to play some new stuff from them so people yeah. can, you know, just make sure they're still around other than just hearing yeah. the session, you know, that they're still putting out good music. And they might not be playing on the radio, but I want to make sure mm-hmm. that people can find out where you can hear the music. Sure. Yeah. And that, you know, that An Emotion album is a great example because it is so good. I like the Raise Your Expectations album better than anything they did back in their heyday. Agreed. But no one knows about it. You know what I mean? Right. You'd have to really care about Animotion to know that they have a new album out there. And frankly, a lot of the people who only know Obsession or maybe thought that song was fun back in the day wouldn't even seek out the new Animotion album. But if we can, if you and I can alert the people who might have a who might care a little bit to just go check it out. If you love them, then you may love them now too. You're talking about being reminded of the outfield. That's, that's like the whole point. I just want people, my hope is that every Tuesday when the new uh, episode comes out, you see who it is and you think, wow, I haven't thought about that person in a really long time, but I used to love them. And then you get, you know, you, you're returned on to, to how, how great they are. And you start thinking, wow, I want to see what they've, what else they've done and buy their new stuff. And you know what I mean? Just help in any way that we can. Absolutely. And I know now with, you know, the streaming services and Spotify, I mean, it's really easier to hear, you know, the new music from an artist, but if you can also just contribute, go to, you know, even finding, you know, a CD of them or even going to iTunes or just contributing any way to these artists that, you know, put, you know, put out this new music. It'd be helpful. I know they get pennies on the dollar for any download, but it's good just to get their music out there. And with social media, even if it's just a tweet or a message to say, hey, I love the new album or whatever, that stuff goes a long way. And in most cases, the artists that you and I talk to are the ones actually manning their social media. They're the ones that, you know, if you send them a message on Facebook, they'll probably reply. And so just letting them know, you know, that little think about how much that means to us. If someone comes to you, Noel, and they say, I love the Reliving My Youth podcast. You do such a great job. Your tank is full for days. You could live for days on that. Oh, totally. You know? Yeah. Think about how much it must matter to, you know, Jack Hughes of, of uh, Wang Chung right. or Martin Page or all these other people that we both had on the show, Nick Van Eed from Cutting Group. Yeah. If you could drop them a little note and just say, hey, what you did, you know, I love it. That makes them feel good, too. Yeah, you're absolutely right. And you, you brought up Martin Page, which was probably one of my favorite interviews. He was a very engaging, yeah. very funny guy. And even before we started the interview, he's like, oh, I listened to a bunch of your shows. I loved, you know, the guys you had on there. It was, it was really, really great. 
So I, I know you're a true music fan. So I'm like that, you know, that meant something to me. Mm -hmm. And that made me, you know, look forward to the interview even more. Yeah. Yeah. It blows my mind when they say that. I've had a few people who will listen, like we'll set up an interview to get and to get ready. They'll listen to a couple episodes right. of mine or whatever. And just the thought that some guy I, whose music I love is listening to my dumb little podcast yeah. is mind blowing to me. You know, I, I know. Absolutely. I mean, like one of my first uh, like musical guests was Mike Linup. And it's like, mm -hmm. it was just, cause I, I've been like in love with the level 42 since the beginning and, you know, saw them in concert when they came here in 2010 I saw them open up for Madonna in like 87. Mm -hmm. So it's, wow. it was just really, really good to actually talk to one of the members and he, having him email me directly, like really meant something mm -hmm. to me as well. Yeah. No kidding. Yeah. That one is our biggest episode by a long ways, like two or three times as much as it's been downloaded two or three times as much as the next um, highest episode of ours. But uh, I'm so glad he, I love him. I love them. And the fact that he and I got to have an in-depth conversation that I right. think the fans appreciate really means the world to me, you know? Yeah. And being a level 42 fan, I definitely appreciated it. So it would have it out there. And, you know, even to like, talk about his you know solo projects and stuff like that what he's doing now and hopefully next year they can finally make their way back i know level 42 fans here in north america are waiting for that yeah i think that they uh they have so many worldwide fans it's interesting they posted it on their fate on their uh website and so all day if that thing still gets downloaded like 30 to 50 times a day right. of art yeah for us and every time it does it's like someone in Greece or Sweden yeah. or in some far off country, you know what I mean? Right. They are really worldwide. They are. You forget. Yeah, they really are. And like, I thought maybe they'd be part of one of these, you know, lost eighties tours or something mm -hmm. like that. But you know, they never really joined one of those. I don't know if they need to, maybe in the Not States, here. in the right. States, yeah. there are only two, two hit two wonders, yeah, you know, really, yeah. uh, they, if they came here, they would be low on the bill and they'd play like three songs and then yeah. they'd be done. Um, but in the rest of the world, there's still a demand there for a large scale tour, mm -hmm. I think. Yeah. And so, um, yeah, I guess, I don't know. It's all a matter of like taking care of your brand and how do I want to be seen? And uh, who knows? I do wish that they came over here more often. Yeah. Even like do a dual bill with, I don't even know, like, like, cutting crew or, or someone like yeah. that, where, you know, they have enough songs where both artists can, you know, mm -hmm. do a good job. But like cutting crew with Nick Van Edon, who also was, was a great guest. They, they recently toured Canada and I think they're coming to the States next year. So that I think so. Yeah. So that'd be fun to see. I have to say it's a trip whenever, um, I see whenever I listen to one of your interviews with someone I've interviewed too, right. because I always think that I'm getting something really unique and special out of them. And then you interview them and it, there's a lot of crossover and I'm just, I feel like such a, it makes me feel so, um, I don't know, less special or oh, less unique it. or something like that. You know stop what I mean? <laughs> no, cause you, you, you do a great job and like, even, like and there's some guests that I've been trying to get that you have and you know I haven't been su successful yet but like even like I, I've been trying for I don't know maybe almost a year now to get Robert Tepper on and oh, I think it was Robert best. Tepper from Rocky IV soundtrack probably one of the best soundtracks ever um, wow. and we, we've been going back and forth for a little bit we haven't been able to lock it down and I realized that you had him on the show I'm like wow and I listened to your sh and like the stuff that you got out of him was amazing. I mean, just to hear his story and 
you know, hearing how he went, you know, hit rock bottom pretty much. Yeah. And, you know, his now performing he has a nice little career. He's also an engineer. So it's, it's amazing. We talked about before getting how you get these stories from, you know, these, these musicians. Yeah. That one meant a lot to me too. Um, I, um, yeah, it took me a while to not to track him down. I had to do it. I did it on Twitter. Right. I don't know about you, but I'll tweet to add people on Twitter and I almost never hear back. Right. Yeah. It's really difficult, but he got back to me thankfully. And it took months to set that thing up and right. then it finally did. And I think when we did it, I think he was in his car okay. maybe because, uh, it was, and I'm telling you just, you know, insider information here. He doesn't seem like somebody who wants to sit down for an hour and be interviewed. Right. It's more like, get me on the phone while I'm going to the grocery store or yeah, something like that, exactly. you know? Yeah. yeah that's kind of but, how I got Bill Wadhams. He was driving a few hours from, I think, Portland to LA. So he had a nice chunk of time. So we did an interview <laughs> that way, but it, you know, you, you mentioned about Twitter. I'll, I'll try to go through their PR people and do that, but sometimes mm -hmm. I'm not successful. I, I get more yeses and nos, but I get more no responses than anything else. Mm -hmm. uh, me too. Yeah. So like Duncan Sheik, I had Duncan Sheik on and I'm sure we'll both talk about him later in the show. Well, yeah. Uh, yeah. So I reached out to his PR guy, didn't hear anything. And he's big on Twitter. I know he, he does his own tweets and stuff like that. So I'm like, you know what? I'll reach out to him. And usually I'll say, you know, I have a question for you. Can you please, you know, DM me? You know, mm -hmm. sometimes I'll hear back. Like I heard from Robert Tepper. I heard from Gary Clark, from Danny Wolf. Uh, Duncan got back to me within like two minutes. Like, sure, I'll come on. I'm like, whoa. Nice. Yeah. It's like, I should have did it that way rather than oh, wow. six months. And then, you know, do it. And that, because I've been a Duncan Cheek fan since, like, day one. And yeah. I saw um, Howard Jones, who, mm -hmm. well, Teasel might be on my list a little bit later, one of his songs. Um, mm -hmm. I saw him perform a bunch of times. But he usually doesn't have an opening act. Usually it's just him mm -hmm. coming out. And he comes out in Long Island. He's like, I have a little surprise for everybody. One of my good friends was in town. So I asked him to come perform a couple songs. And here he comes. Out walks Duncan Cheek. I'm like, oh, oh my god, great, you know. <laughs> and it, it was great. He, he was very engaging and stuff like that. And because some of these artists um, are known, technically, he's a one-hit wonder, mm -hmm. barely breathing. And they have different relationships with their songs. Some mm -hmm. artists really, really hate the songs that made him famous. And for the longest time, he was one of those artists. And then he realized that. You know, there's nothing I can do about it. I'm going to perform it. Because you know, for years, he didn't perform it. And, mm. you know, like, you go on tour, you see Duncan Sheik. You want to, you want to hear Belly Breathing. You know, I, I know I do. I know, like, I know all his other stuff. But you want to hear that, too. So there was yeah. a point where he didn't play that. And he realized, why am I doing this? Mm. Who am I hurting? You know, I'm hurting right. fans. So, you know, he's finally come to terms with it. But, like, Mike Score from A Flock of Seagulls, also, mm. he hated Iran. I think he still, really? <laughs> I think he still does, but I remember. Yeah. I think that was from the um, one of the best shows ever on VH1. Bands reunited mm -hmm. uh, spoke. You know, ha had him talk about that. It's like I hate that song, but I play it because I know the fans come and they want to see it. So it's, it's right. Yeah. There's a lot of those. Yeah. All right. So should we start this list? <laughs> yeah, let's do it. Okay. So I'm gonna give. Uh, we have top five, but there's some songs that didn't make the list. So. I'm going to give a couple, and then, John, you can give a couple. You want to do it yeah. that way? Okay, so one of my favorite female artists is Sarah McLaughlin. And mm. she did an unbelievable cover of XTC's Dear God.
mentioning this oh man i didn't think anyone knew about this oh, album yeah. okay yeah. keep going yeah keep going. It's, it's on you know the rarity b-sides i love her she's she's great possession one of my favorite songs she's great in concert you know she saves all the dogs so she's she's great mm-hmm. you know that, <laughs> that song she does such a good job with that song but it just missed my top five <laughs> but you know it's still a great song so sarah we love you <laughs> Okay, another one. This one is a little bit out of left field. I don't know if you know them. Um, Scott Bradley's Postmodern Jukebox. Mm-mm. Okay, they they are on Postmodern Jukebox. They take pop songs and they kind of jazzify them. They sounds like 1920 songs, and they get mm-hmm. um, a ton of unbelievable artists to perform them. So check them out, Scott Bradley's. Postmodern Jukebox, a lot of different, you know, 90s songs, 2000 songs, but one of the ones they have, they have a couple 80s songs, so I'm going to give two of them that are great. They do Europe's The Final Countdown. It's ah, unbelievable. Nice. And there's also another one, Who Can It Be Now by Men at Work. Nice. So it's two right there. So check it out. They just missed the list, but I wanted to mention because they're unbelievable. They tour a lot and they do great versions of Desposito of all songs, you know, mm. Creep, uh, you know, Smells Like Teen Smurf. They do any any pop song you can think of, they have a cover for it, and it's unbelievable. So those are my three that just missed the list. Well, I, I can't believe you mentioned <laughs> that Sarah McLaughlin song. Um, I'll get to the, uh, I'll get, I'll tell you more about that when we get into my top five list. Sure. But um, the ones that I wanted to give special shout outs to, um, this may be on your list. The Gary Jules version of Mad World from uh, Donnie Darko is a classic. There's no question that that um, is as good, if not better, than the original. Right. I didn't list it only because it seemed like an obvious choice, and I was trying to kind of shed some light on some more obscure stuff. But that that is an excellent, excellent cover. That may have been uh, my list, so. <laughs> that's what I thought. Yeah, I had a feeling you might bring it up, too. And so yeah. I thought, I'll, I'll save that as a uh, as an, as okay. a um, a shout-out couple excellent New Order covers that were also big hits in the 90s. Frente had a big hit with uh, Bizarre Love Triangle, which okay. is beautiful. And then this band, Orgy, had yeah. this kind of weird version Blue of Blue Monday, Monday yeah. that was really good. It was, yeah.
when I did too. I thought that was a really great song. Uh, yeah. My my daughter is 11 and one of her current favorite songs is a version of Easy Lover, uh, the Philip Bailey and Phil Collins song by wow. this group called Panama Wedding featuring okay. Great Good Fine Okay. And let me give a, sp I don't know that much about Panama Wedding, but Great Good Fine Okay is one of these um, bands that are sort of popular now that do kind of a, a modern variation on 80s synth pop, you know. That seems to be sort of a hot thing or has been for the last few years. They are so good. And this version of Easy Lover is great. Uh, two more I want to give quick shout outs to. One, do you remember the band Lit from the oh, 90s? Yeah. They were like one hit wonders too. Yeah. So one of their albums that came out in the early 2000s that very you know, only a diehard know, would know about has a version of The Cure's Pictures of You on it that is okay. also really, really good. You know, uh, surprisingly. And then the one that almost made my top five, and I had to cut it off at the last minute. And I, the only reason I did it is because it's fairly new and I haven't lived with it as long as some of these others. Uh, back in the 80s, there was this sort of synth poppy band that I really liked called Figures on a Beach. Okay. And the lead singer, who also was the keyboardist, has been on my show. His name's Anthony Kaczynski. Well, these days, he is the guitarist and frontman of an excellent power pop band called Fire King. And they do a version of Elvis Costello's Tokyo Storm Morning that is so vibrant and exciting and just makes you want to get up and dance. And I don't like to dance. So if I feel that way, that's a big thing. And so uh, I just want to give shout outs to those are the ones that almost made the list. You and I originally talked about making this a top 10. Those would have yeah. been factored in there somewhere if we had. That's that's great. Yeah. Um one, I mentioned uh, Scott Bradley's post more on Jukebox. I know before, a couple of days ago, I mentioned if you knew the band Gregorian. Yeah. And yeah, it's um, I, it's kind of a honorable mention, so to speak, of the uh, Just Missed the List. Uh, they're kind of, they do like, remember the band Enigma back in the 90s? Madness. Sure. Uh -huh. That's the so funny. I uh, was just researching them the other day to get them on my yeah. show. Oh, okay. Wow. That's, that's really cool. Yeah. Uh, so they, they do like these Gregorian chants of pop songs. And I think they were on like Britain's Got Talent or Germany's Got Talent. One of those, you know, talent shows in Europe. And they do amazing covers of like pop songs. So they, they'll do, they did Mad World. Mm -hmm. They did uh, Howard Jones' Hide and Seek. So they, they go deep nice. into artists' uh, category, you know, in catalogs. So check them out, Gregorian. But I just want to give a shout out because I, I discovered them recently and they're really really good so good. okay Love okay it. yeah so here number five um this song just re recently came out and it kind of bumped sarah mclaughlin's cover of dear god i, I absolutely love the original by kate bush running up that hill oh, it's so good I love that song i wish she would i think she has a fear of flying or something she's very reclusive so she doesn't come over to america to tour so she just kind of stays up in her castle in england <laughs> Running Up That Hill is such a good song from the Hound of Love album. Uh, this Swedish uh, sister act, First Aid Kit. Just, love them. Love them. Yeah. yeah. So they just came out, uh, Kara and Joanna Soderberg, their names, they came out with a cover of 
running up that hill recently, and I absolutely love it. A recent, I had a, a four-hour car ride uh, last week, mm-hmm. so I, that was on multiple playing because it was it's so good. It's a very melodic version, acoustic of uh, "Running Up That Hill." If you know that song, check out this version. It's it's really really good. Not as good as the original, but mm-hmm. doesn't have to be. It's a different version of it. So it's, it's interesting I, that you say that. I those guys are so special. I think First Aid Kit and I love the original too. They something I will never forget. It was so impactful. The last week that David Letterman was on the air, he would have special musical guests that week and they, a lot of them would do covers. And it surprised me that first aid kit, if I remember correctly, came on that last week that he was on the air and did a version of Simon and Garfunkel's America. I'm getting goosebumps just thinking about it. It was gorgeous. Those guys have such a special, special talent to turn things into this just these beautiful renditions. So I haven't heard the version you're talking about, but I am not surprised at all because they they have a special knack. I'm gonna have to track that one down. Yeah, it's it's on Spotify. I don't know if it's on iTunes yet, but it's definitely on Spotify. And you, you can you can find it on on the internet. It's okay. a fantastic version. Cool. I'll I'll track it down. All right, you ready for my number five? Yep. Okay. I can't, once again, going back to, I can't believe you mentioned that Sarah McLaughlin song. <laughs> so that came from a, uh, a, an XTC tribute album called a testimonial dinner that came out in the nineties, mid to late nineties. And, um, it's worth checking out. There's some good Joe Jackson is on there. A few other, I was going to mention Sarah, but you already did it. I think your buddies Murph oh. Piper on there. Okay. Um, but there's a version um you the singer songwriter Freddie Johnston. Oh. Who, okay, you remember Freddie Johnston? I uh, I've been trying to get him on the show. Oh. Yeah, and it's um I haven't heard anything back for a while. It, it 
it's a long story, but hopefully I'll have him on the show in the near okay. future. <laughs> this is scary, Noel, because you and I have yeah. way too much crossover. I know, right? <laughs> We're going to be duking it out for some of these guests. Uh, yeah, right? It might get ugly. Anyway, Freddie Johnston, who had a hit in the early 90s with Bad Reputation, which is still yeah. a great song. He does a version of XTC's Earn Enough for Us on that XTC tribute album that is better than the original. To my, and I'm a big XTC fan, but he betters that version. And uh, I just think when I, um, it's one of my favorite XTC songs, and yet it's by it's his version, not by, not theirs. And I right. thought that would make make for a good criteria picking it for this list. So I'm gonna go with Earn Enough for Us by Freddie Jones. Hopefully, I'll have him on the show. But <laughs> all right, so yeah, number four. Okay, so you 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 had um, lead singer of this band on your show, Dr. Robert. Mm. Oh yes, from the Blow Monkeys. Um, By the way, that's my who, very favorite episode we've ever done because oh. it means the most to me personally. I love the Blow Monkeys, and right. I I'm not saying that it's my best episode or it was the best interview or anything like that. But when I look back on the three and a half years and I think, I can't believe the people I've had on, he is tops yeah. of the list of like, you talk to Dr. Robert from the Blow Monkeys. I, right. I, that, anyway, just you know, that, inside yeah. information. I love right. that no, one. Yeah, it's funny because I, I feel that way with Gary Clark from Danny mm -hmm. Wilson. And Mary's Prayer is like one of my top yeah. songs. Ever. And for the longest time, I had that on cassette and, and misplaced. It went out of print. Mm -hmm. So... It was out of print on CD, and this was before you can get anything on the internet, you know. Mm -hmm. So I went from like store to store to store to try to find any copy 
a used copy of uh, Meet Danny Wilson that had Mary's Prayer on there. So luckily, I found uh, a virgin, best of a virgin songs, uh, an import. Yeah. And it had that song on there. So I got so excited. I spent the 25 bucks just for that one song. And it was tremendous. And eventually it was on the There's Something About Mary soundtrack. And then, you know, it, mm-hmm. it, it, it blew up after that. Sure. By, you know, other artists. But okay, but I, I digress. So Digging Your Scene by the Blow Monkeys initially actually makes an AIDS song sound happy, mm-hmm. which is weird, but it, it's a great song. And it was covered by a band called Ivy. And I love Ivy. I, I didn't know yeah. they did a version of this song. Yeah, they they have a uh, cover album called Guest Room, and they That's have right. uh, yeah. So they have that song on there. They have um, Let's Go to Bed by uh, yeah. by Cure, and they have I don't know why I love you on there. Another great song. Uh, so Dominique Duran, the lead singer, very seductive voice. She mm-hmm. does such a good job. I recently really, uh, interviewed Andy Chase from the band, and you did. That, that, yeah. Oh yeah. man, this is painful. Yeah, unfortunately, um, I asked about Ivy if they were going to come back. This is kind of a little sneak peek. Of, um, eh, not such great news. So I'll leave oh, it at no. that. Oh no. <laughs> because Dominique and Andy are married. They are. So yeah, they're married, and the other member of the band, Adam Schlesinger, Adam. was in Fountains of Wayne, with you know the song Stacy's Mom and everything sure. like that. Did a lot of other producing, you know, the wonders, you know, thing you do right. from that movie. So he's done a lot of stuff too. Very, very talented band. They're great. So their stuff, you know, still holds up if you want to listen to any of the Ivy stuff. So Guest Room has that song on there. Oh. Their version of the Blow Monkeys digging your scene. So recommend it to anyone listening, especially you, John. <laughs> That is crazy because I love Ivy and that is the one album of theirs I don't have 
And okay. uh, I don't know why, because if it's a covers album, then I would love it. I just uh, never got around to it. I saw them in concert in San Francisco at this small club um, ten or 15, about 15 years ago. And uh, their sound is so good. And um, so I'm glad you brought that up. I'm going to have to check that out. It's a Heedy 80 opener for them? Um, I love Tahiti 80. I don't even remember who opened up for them. If it was Tahiti 80, I don't think I would have known them at that time. So I wouldn't have been paying attention. Right. Okay. Yeah. Cause they opened up when I saw them. I was a big fan and okay. Andy produced them as well. So it was good to have them on kind of like, yeah, I saw Andy chase open for the trash can Sinatra's here in Denver oh, wow. about 10 years ago. And, okay. Yeah. Uh, he's great. Yeah. Cause he has, he had a side project called Brookville. For a little bit, mm-hmm. and now he's in a band called Camera Two. Mm. So, uh, so check check out his stuff as well. Yeah, it's in keeping with that kind of cool, uh, nice vibe. Speaking of which, I um, so here's the deal. Let me give you some background on my thought process for this topic. I know that this was the kind of thing that I could have so easily gone down rabbit holes for days and days and days trying to come up with the ultimate list. And but I, what I did was I decided there were two or three that I knew for sure I was going to include. And then I thought, well, let's keep them sort of in the same vibe. So Earn Enough for Us is a pretty peppy song. But other than that, the rest of the picks I went with are are all pretty kind of chilled out, um, you know, mellow versions of of 80s songs. So number four for me is I'm going with Sean Colvin, who had an album in the early 90s called Cover Girl. And okay. she does an excellent version of every little thing she does is magic on there, but that's not the one I'm going to pick. Okay. She does a version of the talking heads. This must be the place that is so lovely. And it's one of those earworms for me. It's a song that, um, you know, just gets stuck in your head for days and hours and it feels nice and it's cool. And, um, and it's mellow and it makes you, f- anyway, I really like it a lot. And I think she has such a great voice. And so I wanted to pick that one for number four.
That's great. Yeah, Sean Cole, I saw her open up for Sting about uh, how many, uh, quite some time. But yeah, no, she, she's really good. And uh wonder whatever happened to her. I tried to get, I'm trying to get her on the show. I don't know. Oh, all right, <laughs> we'll good luck. find out. Thanks. Yeah, good luck, yeah. So my number three, um, it's interesting because Peter Gabriel, mm. who is an absolute legend, um, had a cover album where he covered other people's artists. It was called Scratch Your Back. Mm-hmm. In return, it came out to be like a double album, and the other title was I'll Scratch Yours. So he had mm-hmm. artists cover his songs. And everyone covers In Your Eyes. It's, it's done to death, and I don't think there's really been a good cover of that song. But So is such a great album. Uh, you know, In Your Eyes and Sledgehammer, Big Time, those are the top three. Mm-hmm. Those even are my top three songs on there mm. you know because then you have red rain rain you have don't give up do that Kate voice Bush. again yeah yeah so another great song is mercy street mm-hmm. and a british band very i don't think any, too many people know them in the states called elbow i love elbow and, okay so I, of course you know them yeah of course so uh, peter gabriel covered one of their songs on his album so they covered mercy street Check out this version. It is unbelievable. Peter Gabriel gave it a seal of approval as well. So you know it's it's really good. I They had a cover on there of Don't Give Up. I think it was, I can't remember who it was, like Kimbra and somebody else. And I'm just like, ugh. Because that song, I love that song. So anytime you hear a bad cover of a song you love, mm-hmm. it's like, ugh. But thankfully, Elbow rebounded, you know, with Mercy Street. So check out that. It's, it's a great cover. Life and alone, 
So for number three, I am, I'm going with, this one is kind of a rarity. It's sort of uh, hard to find. If you were to find it probably used on Amazon, it might, you know, might cost you 20 bucks or so. Uh, Iva Davies was the lead oh, singer of Ice House. I've, I've been trying to get him on. <laughs> Me too. Yeah. <laughs> this is so weird. Uh, everyone you talk about, uh, there's a, yeah, we've got a backstory. Um yeah. Including Gary Clark, for that matter. I keep meaning to go after him, and I haven't done it yet. Oh, yeah, please do. I would love to hear an interview with him. Yeah. Uh, anyway, Ivy Davies, uh, again, back in the 90s, did a cover album called The Berlin Tapes. Okay. And uh, it is gorgeous. And it's very highly, it's very uh, orchestrated. It's um, It sounds like it could be him with, like, the, I don't know, Melbourne Symphony Orchestra or something like that, which isn't always my thing. But he brings a level of heft and weight to a lot of songs that uh, you wouldn't think needed them. And he does beautiful versions. The three, my three favorite covers that he does on that album, though, two are in the 70s and one is from the 90s. So I couldn't pick them. He does right. an incredible version of the Velvet Underground's All Tomorrow's Parties. He does okay. an incredible version of Bowie's Heroes. And then he does a really excellent version of Simple Minds' uh, Let There Be Love. Oh, okay. But of the 80s songs that he does, and all of them are great, he does a really cool version of Public Image Limited's Disappointed, mm, which is, okay. um, that's one of my favorite, that's one of my favorite songs, period. The original version is so good. And uh, I wanted to give, you know, give some love to Ivy Davies and that this Berlin Tapes album, because if you care at all about 80s music or just beautifully orchestrated covers or whatever. It is well worth your time to check out. So I'm going to go with Disappointed from Ivy Davies. Disappointed of you 
Oh, nice. Definitely. And I'm, I'm sure you know this, but uh, John Oates co-wrote Electric Blue. I did. I, I, yeah. 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 So that I was kind of disappointed when I interviewed John about not asking that. I had such a short, you know, window of it. So I, I couldn't get it, get it, the question. In, but yeah. <laughs> oh, it's funny. So I had the exact same situation. Yeah. Yeah. I yeah was getting, but, they told me that they, at first it was 15 minutes and I fought okay. for 30 minutes and they gave right. me 30 and I lucked out cause he liked me. So he gave me another like 10 minutes on top of that, but right. it was either ask him about that or ask him, you know, number of other things that I've always wanted to know. And that got pushed aside. Yeah. yeah. I had the reverse. I, I yeah. they gave me 35 to 40 at first and then it switched to be like a whole notes cause they're now currently on tour with train. Mm -hmm. So it was, like a call note slash train press tour. Oh. So the game on for like 10, 15 minutes. I'm like, oh, oh no. Damn it. Which, which, so I kind of started from the beginning, yeah. which I panicked. I, I'm not really proud of that interview. I'm glad I got John because sure. it, it's great. But, and it also, it, it's funny because that really hasn't, you know, translated into a lot of listens. Mm -hmm. I thought maybe it would, but right. it's, right. I mean, I'm glad I got the opportunity, but. I'm kind of disappointed in myself how I did the interview, but you know, you live and learn. So <laughs> I've had a few of those, man. And, um, they're, yeah. it's tough. I, I lucked out because, um, that was one where, you know, I Hall and Oates are like top three favorite artists of all time for me and, right. um, getting the chance to talk to him. And he was promoting his new, like Americana album called Arkansas right. at the time. And, you know, I didn't wait my entire life to talk to John Oates about his new Americana album, no matter whether it's good or bad. No, no offense to him or anything. No. So, um, but I, I, I managed to squeeze in stuff that really was important to me in a small amount of time. So I actually had the reverse on him where I'm really proud of the one I did. But I have right. so many others where I would do them differently now. Yeah, I know. You go back and listen. I'm like, Ugh, this is, yeah. you know, I I would have done, but I don't, I don't want to like, you know, ruin the rest of your list, but I'm, I want to ask you this question. I'm sure you know about them. The yeah. bird and the beat. Oh yeah. The bird. Uh -huh. Yeah. You did a cover sure. of Paul songs. Didn't make my list, but right. it's a great album. So you can check that out. It's kind of another honorable mention from my list. Definitely. Definitely. <laughs> Number two. So here is my Duncan sheet. Now mm. uh, 
I would have done the whole album, the whole list. Duncan Sheet covers 80s because it's such a good covers album. And when I spoke to Duncan about it, I know he was very proud of it and kind of wished more people discovered it. So hopefully between your show and my show, we can kind of promote the fact that Duncan Sheik about maybe eight years ago released a covers album. And it's all British uh, covers. So it's all people that he listened to growing up. So you'll have, obviously... Thompson Twins, Tears for Fears, The Cure, Howard Jones, Rock. Depeche Mode, Tears for Fears. Yeah, yeah said Deuce for Fears. Yep. Exactly. Depeche Mode. So I, I was torn between two. Mm. I was torn between Stripped mm-hmm. by Depeche Mode. It's such a good album. It's a good song. But I went with What is Love. Mm. That's my all-time favorite Howard Jones song. And I think he did such a good job with it. And he also had Rachel Yamagata. Was a tremendous voice. She did a lot of background um, vocals for the album. So, and the words to "What Is Love," it's it's such a, a perfect song, I think. And it's it's not one of his big biggest hits, but it's it's my 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 favorite Howard Jones song. And Duncan knocked it out of the park. Sometimes I find you doubt my love for you, but I don't mind. Why should I mind? Why should I mind? What is love anyway? Does anybody love anybody anyway? What is love anyway? Does anybody love anybody anyway? Spend the time just doubting What is love anyway? Does anybody love anybody anyway? What is love anyway? Does anybody love anybody anyway? Whoa, whoa. Uh, Duncan will come into play 
next on my list. <laughs> uh, I have him at number one. But um, yeah, I'm totally with you. And Stripped, Stripped is my favorite Depeche Mode song. So I had the same kind of thinking you yeah. did about um, why you picked the Howard Jones version. But that, I, I got to give you a plus one on that. His, uh, Duncan's Covers 80s album is so good and so special. And every version on there is a fresh, beautiful take that only Duncan could do on some yeah. classic that you grew up with and that you loved. So everyone who cares at all about 80s New Wave should get a copy of this album. It is so good. Yeah, totally, totally. Okay, well, good. Well, I'm going to go with number two. And uh, number two for me is a French group called Nouvelle Vogue. Oh, okay. <laughs> yep. Oh, I know them. Yep. Okay, okay. I thought you might. I'm learning here, Noel, that you and I kind of yeah. share a brain on a lot of this stuff. So, uh, Nouvelle Vogue are this, they, it, they do, they have two or three albums worth of bossa nova covers of new wave eighties classics. And there are several, uh, excellent versions of songs that you love on all of these, uh, albums. But the one that I like the best is their version of love will tear us apart from joy division. And I had to double check before I picked it. That came out in the summer of 1980. So it was almost a 1979 cover right. and it wouldn't have made my list. But yeah. uh, they do such, again, going back to just, that's why I like to pick kind of these small, these softer, more mellow covers because they're just out of left field. And you wouldn't think that they would find, you know, some hidden depth that maybe you didn't realize was in some of these, you know, more uh, amped up new wave songs, but they did. And I love their version of Love Will Tear Us Apart. So that's going to be my number two.
So my number one, um, I kind of goofed on my list here, so I guess I'm going to have a tie. because oh, I, you can't I, do that. I, I know, I'm copying out now because I guess I didn't write down numbers, which I should have. Okay. But okay. all right, but here we go because I can't leave either one of these out. Mm-hmm. Uh, the first one we, you mentioned before was Gary Jewell's cover of Mad World by Tears for Fears. It's an unbelievable cover. Like you've met, it's a totally different version of the original. Totally stripped down, you know, with the piano. And you know, a cover is good when the band covers the cover of their cover song. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. That, that's what Tears of Fears did, I think, on the 2004 tour. Mm-hmm. Uh, I know it's very popular from the Donnie Darko movie. I first heard it from the show Smallville. Of all shows, oh, okay. yeah. So they played it, and you you hear it in the background, and it's like these lyrics sound so familiar. And then it's like, oh my god, is that Mad World? And then after a lot of the CW shows, they would promote 
songs from from check out this artist and then that's how i found out it was gary jill that was before shazam and all that stuff sure, yeah. sure. so that, that was a great cover so i have that one but this one might be a little better than mad world and i know that crowded house is mm. probably your all-time favorite band if not one of them they are yep right and neil finn released a live album about 15 years ago called uh, seven worlds collide yep and did a version of the smiths there is a light that never goes out mm. and it's the best smith song it's one of the best songs ever written by the happy-go-lucky morrissey uh-huh. uh, yeah and just to make a version even better he has johnny marr play guitar during yeah. that song yeah. so you know it's going to be a good song if you have johnny marr on it and neil finn's voice just nails it home it's such a good song so that's my co-number one Well, the pleasure, the privilege is mine 
Hope you guys, if you haven't discovered any of these songs yet, go check them out because they're great versions. Good. Uh, I like both those picks. And yeah, you're right. Neil Finn is, he's my guy. He's my number one. Crowded House is my number one. Um, Little side note, the one, so you know how when sometimes you see, uh, you hear about someone's in concert and that they welcome in like some legend to come play with them that the crowd wasn't expecting and everyone goes crazy. No one, real people never end up going to those shows very often, but twice, only twice in my life, and I've been to hundreds and hundreds of shows, has a special guest come out on stage. And once was, I saw the band live uh, okay. and they brought out Dennis Rodman for some <laughs> strange reason. Yeah. And then the other time was I saw Neil Finn at the Fillmore in San Francisco and he brought out Johnny Marr. And that oh, was wow. this like, you know, another goosebump inducing moment. And they did uh, How Soon Is Now, and it, yeah. it was special. So it was around that same time as the Seven Worlds Collide album, which is great, by the way. Yeah. So number one, I already kind of gave it away. Uh, I'm going back to the Duncan Sheik covers 80s album as well. And there were many, many to choose from on there. But my favorite cover on there is his version of Talk Talk's Life's What You Make It. Okay. Uh, Talk Talk, to me, are... Probably my favorite band of the 80s. Top on my list of people I would give anything to interview is Mark Hollis from Talk Talk, who basically disappeared about 25 years ago, and no one's heard from him since. He retired and will not do any interviews of any kind. And uh, I love Talk Talk a lot. That is one of my favorite songs of theirs. And again, Duncan's version finds this layer of... uh, of darkness and depth that you don't hear when you listen to the regular version that is so profound. I love it. I can't tell which version I like better, Duncan's or Talk Talk's. It's a matter of taste and right. mood, but that's my number one for 80s cover of all time.
Maybe yesterday's favorite. Don't you hate it? choices i mean yeah i'm gonna have to uh tweet out to duncan about this <laughs> to do yeah he's, he's he's gonna enjoy this but you mentioned talk talk about trying to find them who else are some of the um people that you hit a dead end trying yeah. to interview because i i've had a, quite a few yeah he mark hollis is number one another person that i would give anything to talk to is green gartside from scritty politi i love them and 
he's got such an amazing voice and he's another one anyone basically who like disappears for long stretches of time and right. sort of reemerges and then disappears again those are the people that I want to talk to and he's one of them and I was told by his label uh who I believe was Rough Trade that he doesn't like doing interviews which I know and maybe right. if something comes along that he needs to promote I, he yeah. might be more open to talking and so right. anytime I see that they like have a show line coming up or something, I'll email the guy back. Hey, is this a good enough reason to talk to Green? I never hear back from the guy. I haven't heard back from him in years. But uh, So I don't know if that'll ever happen. Probably not. Another one that I'm really interested in is Nena Cherry. I, I, I tweeted at her last week. <laughs> oh, really? Yeah. yeah. I didn't hear anything back. Yeah, but, I, yeah. Uh, I've been turned down a couple of times from her yeah. or her people or whatever. Uh, she's another one. She puts out you know, two excellent albums in the late eighties, early nineties, and then completely disappears for years and years and years. And, uh, she's back out there. She works with gorillas. She put out like a strange jazz album a couple of years ago. I know she's there, but I want to know what you do when you're, when no one hears from you, Nana, where are you? I think she lives in Sweden. So Nana Cherry is another one. And then another person that I would really like to talk to is Anita Baker. Um, oh, wow. Yeah, she, I, again, I think she's great. I loved her early stuff. She disappears for long stretches of time. She's out there doing a farewell tour right now. Um, I have tried to get her on. I never hear back. I've also heard she's a complete nightmare to work with, which, of course, I would come right and ask her about. But I am curious if I can figure out for myself why that might be. So, yeah, right. she's another one that I would love to talk to. Yeah, no, that'd be great. Um, my, my, I mean... Obviously, Kurt and Roland from Tears for Fears is there, you know. Yep. But um, one band who absolutely love, mainly, I think, late end of 89 into the 90s, are the Sundays. Oh, I, I knew you were going to say that. <laughs> I knew it. Yeah. Uh, I and, almost, I'm almost there with a member of the Sundays. Oh, my God. Oh, so jealous. Oh, man, that's, that's so awesome. Because I've tried... And so glad made contact because I'd love to hear that. But yeah, they even I just want to have them reunite. I, I know, you know, they're married, you know, two, two of them, Harry and David. But I would love just to hear them perform again. Just I know. something. Me too. Uh, they the two of them won't do anything, but they okay. they're I believe they're bass players. A guy named Paul, and I'm blanking on his last name. And I it took me ages, and I found him. Paul Brindley. That Brindley. That's it. Yep. Yeah. And I found him and he agreed to come on and he said, let me talk to Harriet and Dave about it first and right. I'll get back to you. And then I didn't hear anything for a couple of weeks. So I tried him again and he right. said, you know what? I better not do it just to be safe. Okay. And I said, well, I understand, but I'm going to bug you again in a few months. Yeah, there was, um, I, I recently recorded this one and it's going to come out soon. I don't know if you remember the band called Waterfront. Yeah, sure. Yeah. They had a one-hit wonder a song called "Cry" mm -hmm. in 1989, and fell off the face of the earth. Um, I can finally say that I used LinkedIn to get one of the members, the lead singer, to come on board. So I'm, I'm very proud of the fact that I used LinkedIn, other than posting my resume, to get a guest for my show. So I can say I use Facebook, I use Twitter, I use email, I use websites. Now I can check off you know, LinkedIn. So I used LinkedIn to get Andy Del Castillo, who was the lead singer of Eight Seconds. Okay. And, uh, yep. Same thing. And in fact, I tried LinkedIn again recently to find a couple people um, who don't seem to have websites or anything else, but I found them on LinkedIn. But I haven't heard back from either of them. Right. 
Yeah, it's like because I, I just like it's he, the Alicia and Chris Duffy. It's you know it's a pretty common uh-huh. name. Uh-huh. So I just put it in, and you know, sure enough, his picture came out, came up, and he's living in England. I'm like, he looked kind of familiar, so I kind of did a Google search of the cover from their first album, or really their only album, yeah. and sure enough, it was him. Like, oh, awesome! So I reached out, like, oh yeah, I'm going on holiday, but when I come back, no problem. So we did that, and he's like, if you can postpone it one day, I'm have I can have. Uh, Phil Salia, the other member, come and join us. No I'm way! Like, it's like so tempted, but I, I I couldn't do it that day. I'm like, oh, I, it's like yeah, it would be great to have both of them do it. But I'm like, oh, so I'm so I'm so sorry, Chris. I can just do you today. I can't do tomorrow. He's like, no problem. But he was he was really nice, and I'm working on putting that one together. That should be Good out for sure. you. Good for yeah. you, man. Yeah. So th- th- this was this was great, John. This was so much fun. Yeah. Thank you for asking me to do this. I. Uh... I love what you do. It also frustrates the hell out of me because it's you're walking down the same path I'm trying to walk down, and uh, some competition is can be a little scary sometimes. But anyway, good luck to the both of us. Hopefully, we can continue to coexist. I guess, right? Yeah, I, I think we totally can because yeah. what you do, you go really down deep into these artists, and you know, find out some stuff that they probably don't even want to come out. They somehow come out i mean mine is more top of the sur- you know top of the surface because yeah. it's general of all the pop culture but i mean if i get an artist i really really kind of geek out on I'll, I'll go deep but you do it on every episode and uh i'm hoping you have just as much success as you had Thank in the you. past thanks man i appreciate that same to you